Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. The Jeff Dean Show starts now. Welcome back to hour number two of today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. I am Jeff Dean here with you on this December the 30th, 2021. It is 8.02 on your Tucson morning. And whether you're listening here on the AM side at 1490, going old school, if you're on the FM side, new school at 104.9, or if you're listening really new school via the live stream, which you can find on ESPNTucson.com, we do appreciate you tuning in here to the Jeff Dean Show every single weekday morning from 7 to 9, as we are Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. And today is a it's it's Thursday, but we don't have a show tomorrow on Friday, so we're doing football Friday today, and it is all football. I talked NBA for like two minutes in the first segment uh, of the show. I've been talking college football since, and now it's time to transition to the NFL because, as we know, the NFL is king, and in Week 17, the penultimate week of the NFL season. I love the word penultimate, by the way. Uh, penultimate week in the uh, NFL season is week 17. There's a lot of big games going on out there this weekend and plenty of opportunities for you to, uh, you know, obviously make some money if you want and just, or just sit back and enjoy some of the games. There are some games where there's some huge mismatches in there. You know, there's, there's, I, maybe it's because I'm more involved in sports betting this year. Now that it's become legal. I've paid more attention to to point spreads and stuff but I feel like I always have I feel like I've always been like oh what does Vegas think about this what are they trying to what are they trying to do you know because obviously Vegas isn't in the business of picking games they're in the business of making money and when they set these lines they set the lines to try to yield them the best return on that uh, on that particular betting line so I, you know I've been able to kind of figure this out over the years and talk to experts certainly that have helped me figure it out and I feel like this year there's been more like 12 point and over favorites than I than I've ever seen like there is a one two three there are three four what, four games this week four games this week where the favorite is more like is a 12 and a half or more point favorite which is remarkable now last week in the NFL the favorites edged the underdogs against the spread. Nine, they were 9-7 and seven against the spread, the favorites were. So it's four weeks in a row where the favorites have outperformed the underdog against the spread. This is a trend that we see year to year. This is something that, that gets logged in every single year, and it seems like as the season goes on, there are fewer and fewer, fewer, and fewer upsets. Now, the, for me, it's like, okay, is it because – the, the betters are getting smarter because they've been able to see the product a lot more. They've been able to see a, a more consistent product for, you know, 13, 14, 15, 16 weeks. Is that why? Is it because, you know, Vegas is, is still, you know, having to set responsible odds without being outlandish and they're hoping that more underdogs win? Is it just simply because the cream has separated in the NFL from the remainder and the cream, when it rises to the top, it tends to win, and it wins big. I kind of think it's a mixture of all. I know that's kind of a cop-out, but I think that's kind of a, a mixture of all. Now, throughout the, you know, throughout the season, 
plenty of underdogs have won the games outright. In fact, there have been 90 outright straight-up underdog wins this season, which is quite a bit. I mean, 16 NFL weeks, there's been 90 straight-up underdogs uh, to win the games this year. So it's just, it's just a little bit of the numbers here, um, you know, a little bit of the numbers here. One of the interesting things that I that I noticed just from last week, okay, and I'm not going to say I'm not saying it's going to happen this week because last week may have been a perfect storm where those teams were just playing teams that were just dead and rolling over. But Dallas, Philly, and Tampa last week, they were the heaviest favorites to to cover their spreads. Um, all three of them were ten and a half or more. Some were, I think, one of them was eleven and a half, but the other two games were ten and a half. Those three teams won their games by an average of thirty-one points. So that, that if you were betting the heavy favorites last week, you did great. And I feel like I did. I you know, I had one I had one parlay where I had all seven points and greater, which lost because of the stinking chargers. Uh but I had another one with all the double digit favorites and that one was that one was nice. That one worked out well. So this week, as I mentioned, there's a lot of big favorites. Now I'm not picking them any of them for my Friday five. None of them are going to go into my Friday five. I'm going to pick the closer games. The games are a little bit tighter. Um, and I know against the spread, it, it doesn't really matter. But to me, it just seems like, I mean, honestly, like taking the Niners minus 12 and a half over the Houston Texans at home, when the Niners are at home, is like it, that's, that would be like t- taking candy from a baby. Um, you know, the, the, the Patriots. Patriots are 15 and a half point favorite over the Jaguars. That's an easy pick. Like, look. Do you so favor? Just go to your FanDuel Sportsbook app, put that down, walk into the ticket window Sunday night, and cash out. It's, I mean, it's, it's going to be, you're going to be fine. I'm going to pick some of the harder games. So let's take a look at my Friday five. I'm 33 and 37 against the spread this season, and let's take a look at some of the, some of the, the bigger games this weekend. I'm going to begin with the Dolphins at the Titans. Miami eight and seven. We've talked about. How what what kind of a crazy season they've had? The only team in NFL history to have a seven-game losing streak and a seven-game winning streak in the same season. They travel to Tennessee, who has been on extra rest since their Thursday, their big Thursday upset win, huge win for the Titans over the 49ers last Thursday night. Titans are sitting at ten and five. They are sneakily one of the better teams in the AFC, even though they've had a just a horrendous run of injuries to their starters, their big playmakers on offense. Mike Vrabel, in my opinion, continues to be one of the more blossoming coaches, I guess I'll say, in the NFL. He just continues to impress me. I think that team gets better and better every year. They're a lot more buttoned up. They have some problems at the quarterback position because Ryan Tannehill just still just isn't like the dude. If they had the dude at Tennessee, they'd be a 12-win team right now, no doubt about it. They're a three-and-a-half-point favorite against the Dolphins. I don't, I don't really understand all this love with Miami. Sure, let's take a look at their game against the New Orleans Saints this past Monday night. New Orleans, 21 players on the COVID list. They, were, they, they had no chance. That was the easiest bet in the history of sports betting. Like that was, Taking Miami was the easiest, easiest money I've ever had. Okay? You knew it was happening. I mean, they crushed New Orleans. And when I say crush, it was twenty to three, and you watch the game and you're like, okay, so they got they got a big play from you know from from uh, from Tua, 
able to find Jalen Waddle with a 56-yard play, 54-yard play, whatever, Jalen Waddle. And then it was like, okay, they realized that they were in position now to score a touchdown because the other touchdown was a defensive a pick six on, what, first play of the game, second play of the game? So they, they're like, okay, we're actually our offense is actually in position to score a touchdown. We have to get creative now. And they did that by essentially taking the ball out of Tua's hands. They ran the football. They were extremely conservative in the passing game. And the other three plays that they ran in that series after the big play to Jalen Waddle, they ran the Wildcat twice, where Tua didn't even line up at quarterback, and the other one was a flea flicker. So Miami has kind of realized that, like, all right, if he makes a big play, that's our opportunity to then try to work our way into a scoring situation. It's not Tua driving the team down the field. And I'm, look, I'm not. There's a lot of people. Who are like, you hate Tua. I don't hate Tua, but let's remember that eight weeks ago, the Miami Dolphins were shopping him. Eight weeks ago, they were shopping him. They were considering trading for Deshaun Watson, whose future is up in the air, not just in the NFL, but like as a free man on planet Earth. So they were trying to shop him for Deshaun Watson. That's how disappointed they were with Tua's play. I don't think Tua is the guy that can drive the Dolphins into the playoffs, and I don't think the Dolphins are going to make the playoffs. And I got the Titans winning this game and covering. I like Tennessee 24, Miami 17, essentially knocking the Dolphins out of the playoffs. My second game on the list here is the Los Angeles Rams traveling to Baltimore to take on the Baltimore Ravens, that team that just won't die, even though they have been decimated by COVID, by injuries, by all kinds of things. They continue to do Remarkable things, as a lot of teams in the AFC North do. The, the Pittsburgh Steelers winning games. It's still, I don't understand with that offense how they're doing it, how they're putting enough points on the board to win football games. But lo and behold, they are. This is kind of where the end of the line is for the Baltimore Ravens, though. The Rams come in. They were a little shaky last week. Matt Stafford had his worst game as a, as a Los Angeles Ram. They've got dynamic playmakers on both sides of the ball, and the Ravens are going to trot out Lamar Jackson this weekend, I th- and that looks like what it's gonna what's gonna happen with a considerable limp, like like worse than mine is right now. I got a blown out MCL in my left knee. I, you know, I'm waiting to get surgery on that. I I, he, I don't limp around nearly as bad as I saw Lamar Jackson limping around yesterday. I can't believe they're gonna march him out there and play him. In fact, I'm still calling their bluff on this. This this seems like a bluff by John Harbaugh forcing the Rams to try to. Uh, you know, to try to prepare for Lamar Jackson. I don't think it's going to matter. The Baltimore Ravens defense has been completely beleaguered this year, and now you get to play against Cooper Cup and Matthew Stafford. Good luck. The Rams are favored by three and a half on the road here. I'll lay those points all day long. I like the Rams 34, the Ravens 24 in that game. My number three game is an NFC North matchup, and it features the Minnesota Vikings, 7-8 and eight on the season, traveling to go meet their their counterparts, the Green Bay Packers, who sit atop the NFC, sit atop the NFL, 12-3, and three, best record in the NFL, most wins, and they're looking to tack another one on to go to 13-3 and three this year. Aaron Rodgers quoted this week, you know, basically saying, I- I'm just trying to enjoy this season. I don't want to talk about next year, but when I do make my decision, it'll be quick, which sounds to me like he's already made the decision. Uh, but that's a Sunday night game. Now, 
I've been told from uh, from my buddy who I talked to last night, who's from the area, from you know from the uh, from the Green Bay area, biggest Packer fan I know. He said game time kickoff is going to be about two degrees. Two degrees. <laughs> so that may change things a little bit. Now I'm going to give you a little insight here. I found. A fun little prop bet last night on FanDuel Sportsbook as I was shopping around. Look, you can go on the app, like, and there's all kinds of stuff you can shop for, like find these little, these fun little parlays and stuff, like player props and stuff that pay out big time. Now, I'm going to run this one by you. Let's, let's just take a look at this bit because, I, I, listen, I jumped on this, and I'm not, I'm not recommending you do it or whatever. I just I feel like I like it. The prop bet here is that both Devontae Adams and Justin Jefferson – have 100 receiving yards and score one touchdown. That they that they each do that. Okay, that's what Devontae Adams and Justin Jefferson do for a living. And if you think that Justin Jefferson is going to struggle against the Green Bay Packers, I, uh, I I invite you to look at the first game that they played this year, where he had 142 yards receiving in the first half. Now, again, weather is going to be horrible. Both of these teams are prepared to play in that kind of weather. Kirk Cousins is not going to be bothered too badly by the weather. Kirk Cousins will be more bothered by the Green Bay Packers, which is should be the, you know the number one concern and not the weather. I think that prop is going. To, it's a plus eight hundred prop. Like it's <laughs> like it pays out really nicely. You may want to look into that one if you like it. Uh, look, Packers, they they. You know, they, the run defense, we talked about it uh, was it yesterday, I think we talked about it the day, uh, the day before, where the run defense has been suspect. And there may be a situation coming up when they get into the playoffs where the opposing team is able to run the football with authority and Aaron Rodgers is standing there on the sidelines watching the game for 40 minutes and not able to go onto that football field, which is going to be a major problem for them because if they didn't have Aaron Rodgers, they are a four-win team right now. They're, they're, just, they're just not good enough to win without him. And with that bad toe, and if you find a team that can run the football and keep them on the sidelines, mm. however, <laughs> I don't know if Minnesota's that team. Not sure if Dalvin Cook is going to play in this game. I think Minnesota's going to try to shoot it out with them, and I think just I, it's going to be close. The Packers are favored by 6.5, but I'm going to take the Packers. I'm going to take the favorite at home in this one, barely. I like the hook. Give me the hook. I'll take the Packers 28 the Vikings 21 and a good old-fashioned 28-21 score. You don't see those very often anymore because of missed kicks and now the analytics of teams going for it on fourth down and two-point conversions and such. So 28-21 scores are few and far between. My number four game is the Kansas City Chiefs, the number one team in the AFC, heading into Cincinnati. This is a, a game that we looked at in the preseason, or maybe not in the preseason, but when you were looking, if you were a Chiefs fan or a Bengals fan, I'm sure you were looking at this going, Oh, that could be interesting. A Week 17 matchup in Cincinnati between you know Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes, and how good is Cincinnati going to be this year? Can they protect Can they protect Joe Burrow? You know, Kansas City's obviously going to be great, but then the first five weeks of the season, like, oh my God, Kansas City's defense is terrible. They there's no way their offense can keep up, and Patrick Mahomes is throwing shovel passes out there that are being intercepted, and he's trying to throw the ball behind his back and doing all these stupid things. Trying to throw the ball left-handed. Uh, you know, all kinds of stupid stuff, turned the ball over. All of a sudden now, Kansas City's best team in the league. They're playing great defense. Mahomes has figured things out, and he's lighting it up. Speaking of lighting it up, Joe Burrow, 525 yards and four touchdowns last week. 
however, against that Ravens defense that I just talked about a moment ago. Bengals are 9-6. and six. They're a five-point underdog at home, and the Kansas City Chiefs right now are just absolutely rolling. So much so. Uh, like right now, when you look at, at how good Kansas City has been recently, what was the, the – there's a statistic on them. Um, they, this, they've – like this, against the spread, they've covered – they've been a favorite six weeks in a row, and they've covered all six. I'm going to go ahead and ride that trend – they're a five-point favorite on the road. I'm not a big fan of that, but I'm going to take the Chiefs 30, the Bengals 20 to cover uh, that five-point spread. And finally, the Arizona Cardinals, 10-5, and five, packing up and heading out to Dallas to take on the 11-4 and four Cowboys who absolutely destroyed the Washington football team in their game on Sunday night. And the Cowboys sitting there, winners of the NFC West, or the NFC East division, and sitting pretty at 11-4, and four, but they're not satisfied yet. You know, this is a team that wants that number one seed. Everybody wants that number one seed, and they're in a position to take it. They're a five-and-a-half-point favorite hosting the Arizona Cardinals, a previous number one seed, Kyler Murray, a previous MVP candidate who is no longer. And I said on Monday, well, I said yesterday, I've said a lot of times this week, that I don't think the Cardinals are going to win another game this season. Now, can they lose the game and still cover the answer is no. <laughs> uh, I, I just don't. I, I've thought about certain ways that the Cardinals could, uh, you know, could find a way to cover, even find a way to win this football game. And defensively, the Cardinals are going to be pretty good. I think they'll be okay against the Dallas Cowboys offense. And I think that you know, Dak Prescott will find some openings, and those guys outside the outside the the, the numbers will be able to get open on several occasions, and they'll run the football a little bit. But they're not going to light up the scoreboard to fifty six points like they did last week. Cardinals defense is good enough to keep the Cowboys somewhat in check. However, on the other side of the ball, like the Cardinals offense, like they have nobody to to combat those athletes that the, that the Cowboys have. Whether it's on the defensive line, whether it's at the linebacker position, whether it's in the secondary, they just don't have the guys to match up. I don't know how they're going to deal with those Cowboys athletes on defense, which is why I'm taking the Cowboys to secure that line at home. They're a five-and-a-half-point favorite. I like the Cowboys 26, the Cardinals 19 in that game. So, my Friday five picks, I have the Titans minus 3.5. I have the Rams minus 3.5 at Baltimore. I have the Packers minus 6.5 at home against the Vikings. I like the Chiefs minus 5 at the Bengals. And I like the Cowboys minus 5.5 at home. Taking five favorites. Five favorites to cover the spread. But that's the trend in the NFL over the last seven or eight years, at least the, the, of, the, of the stuff that I looked at. That's what happens in the NFL. Favorites cover late. Which brings me to my lock of the week. Some of, my, some of the fans out there, some of the listeners are going to be like, oh, my God, you're nuts. I'm 10-4 and four on the season in my lock of the week. Yes, I've had a couple of stumbles here and there. But in this particular situation, I'm looking at the team that I think is going to lose by a, a you know an exorbitant amount uh, this week, at least enough to to not cover the spread. The New York Giants right now are, if you watch them play, it's between them and the Panthers as to who are the two worst teams in the NFL or who are the worst teams in the NFL. The New York Giants are just playing like absolute crap right now, and that's 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 an, an affront to the word crap, to be honest with you. They are terrible. 
And all of a sudden now, the Bears sitting there waiting, happy as can be, coming off a big comeback victory with Nick Foles up in Seattle and a snowstorm in the Pacific Northwest, scoring a two-point conversion on an acrobatic play in the back of the end zone over three defensive players. A remarkable. It's been, it's been played over and over again in Chicago. The Bears have got five wins this year, and they're looking forward to their next head coach next year, most likely. And the Bears are a six-point favorite at home against the lowly, stinking New York Giants. Give me the Chicago Bears, the monsters of the midway, as my lock of the week to cover a six-point spread. The, the Bears, that's how bad the Giants are. Give me the Bears 24, the G-Men 13. Book it. My lock of the week right there. So good luck. I'm going to – I've already played them. They're already locked into my – to my FanDuel Sportsbook account. I put my money where my mouth is. I don't give you guys any any type of advice that I wouldn't give myself. So there you have it. My Friday Five and my lock of the week, and we'll see on Monday just how sad or how glad I happen to be. All right, we're going to take a timeout. When I return, more on the Jeff Dean Show right here on ESPN Tucson. Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Now back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. 1490 AM and 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson present the Taco Bell New Year's Eve Downtown Bowl Bash tomorrow night in Tucson's Times Square. You can enter the party at Tool and Congress. It starts at 6 p.m. It is free to get in. There's live music from 80s and Gentlemen and the Plain White Tees. There's uh, plenty of things to do there, of course, with uh, for the for the adults and for the kiddos. There's beer garden, food trucks, things for the kids. So bring the whole family and then uh, be there to ring in the new year at midnight with the famous taco drop and a fireworks display from the roof of the Hotel Congress. For more information, go to ESPNTucson.com. Look, I, I know that I've lost, you know, all manner of, of I don't even want to say, it's not respect. Uh, the, the, the word is escaping me right now for picking – Cincinnati to beat Alabama. I get that. I, you know, it, you may never want to ever listen to another pick that I have because why would anyone pick Cincinnati? There are so many reasons why I would pick Alabama. I mean, so many reasons. So to me, even I sound crazy to myself for picking Cincinnati. Alabama just has, they have so much size, speed, skill. They have a $48 million budget for their assistant coaches, which is more than the entire Cincinnati program makes in a year, practically. Uh, it, it's Look, it's a, it's a monumental task for Cincinnati to go in there and beat Alabama when Alabama is focused, prepared, common goal, because – you can't replicate what Alabama does in practice, right? Like, there's no way Cincinnati's got those dudes that can, you know, you can go and practice against. You're like, yeah, this is what you're going to experience when you see Jamison Williams running down the field, and then Jamison Williams gets out there at six foot three and runs a four three forty, and you're like, damn, uh, yeah, this guy's different. Like, we didn't practice against this. We didn't play against this. We didn't practice against this because even though they played a couple of Power Five teams, they played Indiana, who ended up not being very good this year. And they played Notre Dame, 
And Notre Dame doesn't feature, you know, that type of play. That's just not the type of team that Notre Dame is. They're not that, you know, SEC sending 22 guys to the NFL. Notre Dame's a very good football program. They do things differently under Brian Kelly, uh, and they had. So it's not like they've, they've already seen this kind of stuff. So they, they can't replicate those kinds of things in practice, which puts them at even, even bigger disadvantage. Like there's, there's plenty of reasons to think why Alabama will win this game by three touchdowns. There, there really is. They're, you know, Alabama is that good. And people tend to look at, oh, they, you know, they struggled against Florida and they struggled against Arkansas and they struggled against, uh, you know, Auburn was, you know, four overtimes against Auburn. And if, you know, if, if, if the running back doesn't run out of bounds, uh, they, you know, Auburn wins that football game and there's never, doesn't even go to overtime and all this other stuff. All the coulda, shoulda, wouldas and stuff, Alabama still won those football games. And, yeah, they lost to Texas A&M. Last time I checked, Texas A&M was pretty good football program. They had a weird year, kind of an up-and-down year. Calzada, the quarterback, was a little iffy from time to time. The defense was always good, and Alabama still hung 41 on them. <laughs> so, like, yeah, uh, what an idiot for picking Cincinnati. Do you know why I picked Cincinnati? Because it's college football, where anything is possible. And I mean anything. We've seen crazy stuff in college football, Right? In fact, was it was it just yesterday? I think it was. Maybe it was, maybe it was Tuesday. I don't remember. It was whatever day it was. I think maybe it was Tuesday. FanDuel Sportsbook on their on their Twitter account. A lot of times they'll just ask like you know for fan response questions like you know what's the greatest upset and you've ever seen and you know, what's the most unlikely most unpredictable outcome that you've ever witnessed before and people are like oh the Appalachian State over Michigan and people are like you know the the miracle on ice in 1980 and you know people are quoting this and that. You know, there are the, when I was going through the list of of things that people were saying, I was like, okay, there's a you know, there's amateur hockey, Olympic hockey, okay, and a lot of people were echoing that one. A lot of people were talking about Boise State winning the Fiesta Bowl over Oklahoma in a game they were severely underdogged in um, before you know Power Five schools or before Group of Five schools or you know whatever mid majors, so to speak, were allowed to go in and compete against some of these big boys. You know, I was at that game. It's one. Of, it's the greatest college football game I've ever seen in my entire life. I was standing right there, standing right there when Adrian Peterson ran past me. I was standing right there when Ian Johnson ran past me, threw the ball up into the stands to his father, and then proposed to his girlfriend right there. Uh, the the uh, the Boise State cheerleader. I was standing right there, like two feet from him the entire time. It was the greatest football game I've ever seen in my entire life. And part of the reason with that is because it was. It was the David versus Goliath aspect. It was this amazing, just gritty effort to overcome all of the odds against you. Staring across the field at 18-plus NFL players, guys that are going to be drafted in the first three to four rounds of the NFL draft. Oklahoma was loaded, and I mean loaded at the time. One of the best teams in the country. College football allows for those types of things. When Stanford, Jim Harbaugh, head coach of Stanford so many years ago, seems like, went into USC to play Pete Carroll, and USC was two-time defending national champion, and they had it all. They were number one team in the country. Here comes Stanford, one win in the last two years. 46-point underdog. Won that football game. Went into the Coliseum and beat USC. 
And then there was the whole what's your deal aspect. That's one of my favorite things ever. Um, 46-point underdog. Go in and win that football game. Re- just remarkable stuff. So that's why I'm picking Cincinnati. Not just because of chaos. Not because, like, oh, hashtag college football. Weird things happen. Um, I do like the matchups, to be honest with you. I really do. I like the matchup in that game. Cincinnati's secondary is spectacular, and I think they're better than advertised. You watch them play, they are better than their numbers speak. They just – you you cannot throw the football against Cincinnati. So it'll be interesting to see if Alabama is able to throw the football with their Heisman Trophy winning quarterback and their six foot three track star wide receiver and their – all everything, all conference players at you know at every other position. But I like Cincinnati. I'm just gonna I'm I'm gonna pick them to win because it just seems like a magical year for them. Now that that magical year may end in the in the final against whomever they play. If they end up getting that far, I don't know. We'll we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. But for right now, I'm taking the Bearcats. I'm taking both underdogs. I'm taking Michigan and I'm taking Cincinnati. And I think Michigan being a seven and a half point underdog is a slap in the face to what that program has done this year. I think people are still hanging on to the fact that they weren't ranked in the top twenty five to begin the season, which is the basically the worst way to tr- try to assess how good a team is. What was their what was their AP ranking in the preseason? What did the media think of Michigan before the season began? Before they got to see them play any football at all? That's what I'm going to base my opinions off of. <laughs> Give me a break. All right. Speaking of breaks, I got to take one. Mary's screaming at me right now. We're going to take a timeout. When we return, we'll continue talking about some sports, setting you up for the weekend in other sports outside of football, NBA, and maybe a little Wildcat news as well. All that and more. Stay tuned here. It's the Jeff Dean Show. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. If you're looking for some live sports on the radio, you find it right here on ESPN Tucson. We are, of course, your home for Phoenix Suns basketball. They won't be in action again, at least here on uh, on our airwaves, until Sunday, uh, Sunday afternoon when they take on the Charlotte Hornets. That game's at 430. But if you're looking for some action today, you want to listen to some some live sports on the radio, we got you covered. Kicking off at noon, it's the Music City Bowl, Tennessee versus Purdue, which will be a great basketball game <laughs> as it stands right now, although Tennessee did lose last night. We'll talk about that in just a moment. But uh, Tennessee-Purdue in the uh, Music City Bowl, that game kicks off at noon. You can listen to that right here on ESPN Tucson. And then following uh, following that, um, we have the, uh, the, the Peach Bowl tonight as well, Pitt versus Michigan State. That's on tonight. That'll be following Spears and Ali. So uh, Tennessee versus Purdue at noon, Spears and Ali from 3 to 6, then the Peach Bowl, Pitt versus Michigan State. And then tomorrow, of course, you can listen to all the action here on ESPN Tucson. If you're out driving around, running some errands, whatever have you, traveling, you can listen to the uh, the Cotton Bowl, Cincinnati and Alabama, that game. Uh, the coverage starts at 12.30. Game, of course, kicks off at uh, at 1 o'clock, or 1.30, sorry, the, the game's at 1.30. Um, and then immediately following that will be the Orange Bowl, Georgia and Michigan. So you can listen to that right here on ESPN Tucson. We got your hookup over the weekend. We got the Fiesta Bowl, which is Oklahoma State-Notre Dame. That game's at 11. 
Uh, the Rose Bowl, we're going to have that right here on ESPN Tucson, Ohio State and Utah. We got the Sugar Bowl, Baylor and Ole Miss. I'm looking forward to that one. And then on Sunday, we got all kinds of uh, programming for you. We got Raiders at Colts uh, on uh, on Sunday. So if you're a Raiders fan or if you're looking for maybe that upset, I, listen, I, I, I thought it was interesting. A lot of the sharps that I've seen that I, you know, that I kind of keep an eye on have picked Las Vegas to cover that game against the Colts in Indianapolis. I'm not sure why. I haven't really looked into it that far. I was just kind of dismissing it. I was like, oh, Colts are favored by six or six and a half. I'm like, eh, not really interested. And everybody's like, jumping on the Raiders plus six and a half. I'm like, what, what, what is this? What is, what is happening here? Because those people know stuff. Uh, so there's your programming here on uh, ESPN Tucson over the weekend. So last night in college basketball, big game in the SEC. A big game on, on several you know reasons. Because, you know, number one, it was the only game last night. Oh, no, I'm sorry. There were two games last night, both in the SEC, that featured two ranked teams. Auburn took care of business against LSU, previously unbeaten LSU. Auburn is playing really good basketball right now. When they start hitting their shots, they can beat anybody. And they hung a 70 on LSU, who previously had the best defense in the country. So look out for Auburn, especially when they're, when they're hitting their shots. I mean, look, I know it's easy to say, when they're hitting their shots, they're unbeatable. Uh, Auburn is crazy good when they're knocking their shots down. Um, and then last night in Tuscaloosa, the Tennessee Volunteers, that game was close the entire way. That was a nip-and-tuck game. It was 33-33 at halftime, and Alabama ends up outlasting the Volunteers 73-68. to Both those teams are very good. Let's be honest, as Wildcat fans, we were hoping that Tennessee would win that, that basketball game. We hope that Tennessee wins out, right? We want Tennessee to be the best Tennessee team in the history of Tennessee Volunteers basketball because – Arizona lost to that team in Tennessee, and, well, they lost to Tennessee plus the three officials. Um, Alabama shot the ball pretty well last night. Um, Tennessee, look, it was, it was a good game. I just felt like Alabama was a little bit more physical, kind of that home court kind of feel to it. Um, my guess is that when they turn around and play in Knoxville later this year, that Tennessee will win that basketball game. Um, it was just it was that close. I just feel like home court was the difference there. So Tennessee gets the L um, in that one. Now, what was supposed to happen tonight was Arizona at UCLA. Of course, that game has been postponed. We talked about it yesterday. Gonzaga was supposed to play San Diego. That game has been postponed. And the other the other Los Angeles game, Arizona State was supposed to play USC. That game has been postponed. Um, and it looks like Arizona State, based on what I saw earlier this morning from their color, uh, their color, the radio color analyst Kyle Dodd, um, they're going to be heading to Cal. They're going to play Cal on Sunday. So um, interesting. They're kind of moving their schedule around a little bit too. I mean, this is what we have to do. Now the Pac-12 has been discussing changing their protocols, which needed to be done months ago. Um, but you know, because we're you know we're using protocols that are 18 months old for something that has has been long dead and gone. Uh, you know, from from those 18 months ago, it's it's a it's a different animal now. Um, so the Pac-12 may be looking to to revise its uh, COVID protocols. However, the of course the, the the fly in the ointment there, the fly in the soup is the city of Los Angeles, who will not allow their medical staff to approve anything. That you know doesn't keep people you know sheltered up in their homes, shacked up in their homes with the windows boarded and the doors barred, uh, trying to keep the big bad COVID out. 
Um, and that's look, that's part of the reason why these L.A. schools continue to throw a wrench in the machine with all these postponements and cancellations. Uh, if I'm George Klyavkov, I'm, I'm looking at those member institutions and say, look, you have the authority, you have the power to change these things at your level. If you want to be a part of this conference and compete at the highest level, you need to figure some things out. So we'll see what happens because, you know, the NFL has now gone to a much more relaxed, uh, a much more relaxed uh, quarantining process as far as COVID protocols go, where vaccinated players can be cleared within five days. Asymptomatic players don't need to be tested. They can, they can, they don't have to quarantine. Um, They'll be, you know, allowed to, to, you know, be with the team and stuff. They just can't interact in certain ways and, and such. But then you've got these medical guys, like I saw a quote from uh, some guy in, in Southern California, some doctor in Southern California was basically saying that the NFL is negligent and will be sued for billions of dollars with all this stuff. And I'm like, dude, shut up. Like, knock it off. Can we please stop? Everyone, look, I, yesterday, just yesterday, three friends, three people I'm very, very close with tested positive for COVID. They didn't know they were sick. They tested positive because they have to. They were, uh, you know, places where they work, they require testing once a week or, you know, whatever. They tested positive. Three people I know tested positive. Yes, these people are not sick. <laughs> Just, we're not, we're not killing people. Nobody died at Christmas. It's just, it's, it's, it's so aggravating. And again, I'm aggravated because it's affecting my life, and I know I'm being myopic and I'm being childish by, by, by saying that kind of stuff, uh, and maybe I'm not taking things seriously enough, but I, you know, I, I'm not in the minority here in thinking this. There are so many people out there right now that are just like, can we please just let these guys do their thing? Let people go back to somewhat normal lives. If you're sick, stay home. If you're not, you're fine. Ah. <sighs> Oh, I hate when I get off on these tangents. I hate that this is still a thing. I wish I could just talk sports and just just the entire two hours without having to bring up the C word because it drives me nuts. But lo and behold, that's where we're at. I would love to be breaking down the Wildcats and Bruins game tonight, the big game between the two heavy hitters in the Pac-12. Can can Arizona bounce back from you know from you know from pre you know previous seasons of getting beaten by UCLA can they can they figure out that big three the dynamic big three of UCLA and shooting the three ball and getting to the rim and UCLA's tough you know Mick Cronin style defense I'd love to be able to be talking about that but we're not because the game got canceled or postponed so uh, again just aggravated the whole process. I hope the Pac-12 figures something out. I hope the nation figures something out. NFL is moving forward with it. Everybody else should, too. I'm sure you've probably heard of FanDuel Sportsbook by now and how they're making every moment more this season, and this is your opportunity to score big because FanDuel Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL, which means you can place all your bets on a trustworthy app that's endorsed by the NFL, and they're also celebrating the NBA's 75th anniversary season. And so can you because right now, New customers can place their first risk-free bet, and if you don't win, that's what risk-free means, you get up to $1,000 back. So you can place a $1,000 bet 
on some play somewhere. With you, if you got a, a you know a wild hair and you want to play a thousand dollars on something, it's risk free on your first bet. It's easy to use, of course. The app is easy to use, easy to figure out. You can register, you can deposit really quickly. There's all, multiple multiple ways to deposit and withdraw funds. Um, you get your your winnings in less than two hours. You get pay, like literally, you get paid in like two minutes. Like <laughs> it's lightning quick. They have really great odds boost specials and promos that are going all day long. Plus live betting, like NBA live betting. I'm having a blast doing. I I never thought I would be betting NBA the way that I am right now. I jump right in. Like third quarter, I'm like, let's do this thing. Let's look at some trends. What's going on here? I'm going to jump on amount of threes in the fourth quarter. Here we go. It's fun. Check it out yourself. There's no better place to bet the NBA than on FanDuel. And if you already have a FanDuel Sportsbook account, great. FanDuel's hooking all customers up with $50 refer-a-friend program. When you refer a friend, they get $50, and you get $50. See for yourself why FanDuel is America's number one sportsbook. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app today and sign up using my promo code, DEAN. That way you get your first risk-free bet up to $1,000 and make every moment more this season. 21 or over in President Arizona. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.vanduel.com. And if you think you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342. When I return, I put a big bright red shiny bow on today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. That's next right here on ESPN Tucson. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. More of the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Now, it may be too little too late to save. Well, I want to say save because it hasn't, it hasn't been ruined. It hasn't been scuttled yet. The basketball season in the Pac-12. Okay. We, we, have, we, we have not ruined the season yet. Although, <laughs> keeps going this way, it will get ruined. So if the Pac-12 does this, does decide to change the conference's COVID protocols, I don't know if it'll essentially salvage the basketball season, but what it will do is it will set up the spring sports so they don't have to worry about this stuff. Like softball, baseball, and that's – remember, you know, two years ago when they canceled those seasons for those two, they just it was, it was over before they even got to really even get started, you know, Baseball and softball seasons were just – they were done. It was over and done with. The, like, there were players who had come back to play their senior year when they could have gone on to do something else or they could have, you know, whatever it was, gone pro or whatever whatever the case have you, that were coming back to play. And then we're like, nope, sorry, you're, you're not playing. And I get it. Two years ago, it was it was absolutely necessary. Whether 21 months ago or whatever, it was absolutely necessary. There was scary stuff going on out there, man. Scary stuff. So if the Pac-12 does decide to alter their COVID protocols, which I would be all in favor of, because, look, if they were in accordance with what the CDC is, this is what the CDC is saying. You can, you you know, focus on the duration of how long you quarantine for, how long the isolation periods are, how often to test certain people. These are all based on CDC now, new CDC guidelines that are endorsed by the NFL. Like, and I don't know about you, but if, if the chief medical officer for one of the most successful companies in the entire world says, 
yeah, these are these you know new guidelines are long overdue. Our studies are telling us this and this and this. I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna follow somebody like that. Like yeah, I'll listen to what he has to say. So hopefully this does you know this is able to do a lot of good for not only for the for the basketballs you know men's and women's basketball teams but also for the spring sports as well I'd like to be able to see no games canceled there no seasons canceled all right that's going to wrap things up for today's edition for this week's edition of the jeff dean show thanks to mary back in the studio for doing all her hard work and keeping us on the air here and of course thanks to you for tuning in here every weekday from seven to nine and i will see you guys on monday hope you all have a safe and happy new year Enjoy your sports weekend, and we'll see you then right here on ESPN Tucson. Thanks for listening to the Jeff Dean Show, Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. Jeff will be back Monday morning at 7 on ESPN Tucson.